0: Southern Miss to, to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour.
1: All right. Welcome to the uh, Eagle Hour, everybody. Southern Core Studio here in Hattiesburg. The entire gang is here. Kelly, Luke, myself, the super intern. We're all in the same room together. Pretty odd. but uh, glad and, and, and kind of cramped. <laughs> a little cramped and very warm. <laughs> yeah, uh, But glad to have everybody uh, with us this afternoon. Opening segment of the show sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Great place to cater the holidays now. You need to reach out to Dickie's uh, to cater any festivities you may have office parties, church parties, family get togethers. Uh, Dickie's would be a great place to you to call for holiday catering. And uh, we thank them for all they do. Lee Roberts is going to join us a little later in the show to analyze the last regular season football game of the year a 20 to 10 affair over Louisiana Monroe. Uh, Kelly Sander, real quick before we go to Coach Hall. A win is a win, a good win, sixth win, big big moment for Southern Miss. But at times, a, a painful game almost to watch. There were some things that that had you asking, you know, what what's
2: going on here? I know, I know, I was worried that whether you call it, you know, poor time management on the clock, or as Coach Hall said, the referees, you know, fumbled fumbled the ball, or, or whatever. But I was sure hoping and glad that. Those miscues, whatever they were, at the end of the first half wound up not costing the Eagles the game because surely even three points are better than nothing in that scenario.
1: Right. I was just glad it was over uh, because it was way too close. Here's what Coach Hall had to say when the game ended. The Golden Eagles won it 20-10. Oh,
0: Just an awesome win for our players. Just another classic Southern Miss game this year. You know, we played 12 of them, and 11 of them were pretty much like this. You know, uh, we play our butt off every week for our university to get them back. To get this program back where it's supposed to be, and it's a great step in the right direction. In year two, to get us to a bowl game, you know, I think Brother Mitch told the team that hadn't been done in like 31 years where a team with a second-year coach coming off a losing season had done that. So that's a big deal. If that's true, we'll have to check Brother Mitch. He's not a liar, though. He's pretty straightforward so uh just proud of our kids proud of how they fight uh they did it every week except for one we had one one game this year we didn't play well the other 11 we spilt everything we had nothing's easy for us right now because we're just not you know we've got some deficiencies and we know that and we fixed a lot in one recruiting class man we're on the verge of another great recruiting class gonna fix even more but it's a great step in the right direction to get this program back. And we're, we're really, really excited about the growth we've had. Cause if you saw us play last year, we were a horrible football team. And uh, we brought us back to respectability, and now we brought us back to the postseason, which is a big deal. And uh, with that, I'll open it up.
1: All right, so the Gold Eagles, as you just heard Coach Hall say, bowl eligible, a lot of speculation. I've seen Buffalo, Memphis, Tulane, Liberty, Wyoming. Everybody but the Dallas Cowboys haven't seen us uh, paired up against them yet. Nevertheless, here's what he had to say about uh, Southern Miss being bowl eligible.
0: You know, I, I don't know how much relief it is, Damon. You? you know, man, every day I wake up and i got 111 faces looking at me. 71 of them are freshmen and sophomores. And they just want to get better. You know what I mean? i got a great administration that supports me and our vision and where we want to take this place. And so every day we're just working so hard to get better. Uh And this was a huge step in the right direction. We're not done. we got to finish this recruiting class. we still got a long way to go to get where we want to go. But this was a great step in the way. I'm just glad our kids got rewarded for the fight they put in, Uh, you know, because we have to overcome a lot sometimes. And, man, we battle and fight and do everything possible. And uh, this was a really good win for us tonight.
1: Well, it wasn't pretty, as we say. It was a, a dismal day, uh, a lot of rain, a lot of wet conditions, very, very few people there. I think maybe the lowest Division one crowd I've seen in some time, 4,050, I think, uh, the announced attendance. But nevertheless, 6-6, six and six, and I think it's fair to say, guys, that uh, this is about what we predicted at the start of the season. I think we were collectively looking at six, maybe seven wins, but 6-6 six and six seemed to be kind of – The consensus of opinion.
2: Well, the guys in Vegas had, I think, uh, the Southern Miss over and under on wins, either four and a half or five and a half. Uh, So they exceeded those expectations. You know, the problem that Will Hall has now is that as good as that defense is, the offense is clearly behind. uh, As you know, the development of of the defense. That's not a big surprise. Again, going into the season, outsiders looking in said we love the Southern Miss defense, not sold on the Southern Miss offense. And I'm not sure that those answers answers have been, you know, have been resolved yet.
3: It was moving the football that was welcome to see, you know, 400 plus yards, but again, guys, we we cannot score inside the red zone. Uh thankful we have a great kicker, but that that's been the Achilles heel all year. If Southern Miss scores 60% more of those chances, we win two more football games. Here was the statistic uh, midway through the game. I, I got frustrated after the the halftime time – or going into halftime, the, the some of the clock issues. Red zones, red zone scoring. If you take Bourgeois out, you know, we're in trouble. Bourgeois allows our red zone scoring to go up. We were only scoring touchdowns 40.6% of the time when we were in the red zone. That that's that's tough. And so the good thing is we have seen throughout this year the offense move the football between the 20s and uh, the the ability, you know, to to punch the ball in. What I'm amazed is how many times on Saturday we scored outside the red zone. I mean, we had, you know, three big plays outside the red zone, but that's the Achilles heel. You go back, you win Liberty. We turned the ball over three times in the red zone. We we beat Liberty that's seven and five. You should beat Coastal Carolina. That's eight and four, and you probably got a chance, um, you know, to uh, to to win against South Alabama. And if that's the case, you're you're looking at a nine and three Southern Miss football team in year two under Will Hall. I legitimately think this should have been probably a seven or five, eight and four. But to your point, Kelly. If you told me 365 days ago that in year two, Will Hall would go 6-6 six and six, and one of those wins would be against a two-lane team playing for the American championship, I'd say I'll take it in a heartbeat. And that's, that's three more wins than last year. That's yes. twice as many wins. And the thing that
2: I keep going back to, and maybe I'm overreacting, you guys, give me a reality check if, if I need it here, but the fact that this Southern Miss team or any team has won six games without any identity as to who yeah. the quarterback is. It, to me, that is amazing.
3: That that's, that's probably what allows you to be able to swallow six and six better. And it was because one complete half of those losses against Liberty, you didn't have a quarterback. Trey Lowe came in and threw one deep ball, and then you super-backed the rest of the way. So, yeah, I mean, I think it, it speaks – I think it speaks to the skill players that we have particularly Brownlee and and Gore. I think it speaks to as the year got on the offensive line improved in the run game and I think it it speaks to how elite this defense is, you know, right. as a whole.
1: And now the speculation begins, a thousand different scenarios about bowl games and nobody really knows. I don't think anything will be decided until after the championship games, but I would think Luke that uh, the odds are Mobile or Shreveport.
3: You with, with, as you said, championship game, you know, these predictions are all over the board. For instance, Yahoo Sports has us playing in Boca Raton um, in the Boca Raton Bowl against Houston, okay? You look at another uh, projection, uh, t- 24-7 Sports has us in New Mexico against Wyoming. Uh, USA Today has us in the Cure Bowl in Orlando against Yukon. As you said, Mobile's an option possibly you know, against a MAC team. Um, maybe in a, a little chatter, some intriguement because they've been at Southern Miss games two weeks in a row, Independence Bowl. Uh, that would probably be a matchup maybe against 6-6 six and six Memphis. So that, that would be a, a matchup Southern Miss fans would like to. Is that like at
1: Christmas again like it has been when you and I won a few years ago? I don't they think
3: it's going to gonna be straight line winds. Uh, what was it, 27 degrees it with terrible. 25 mile an hour winds? It was winds.
1: horrible. It was horrible, but,
2: but two of the but two of the matchups that Bob mentioned one is supposedly against Liberty, which will never happen because happen. they've already played each other, and the, and one of the other matchups was with Tulane, which that's the not going to happen. Yeah, the Eagles have already played Tulane. Well, what
1: I heard, and it means nothing more than what everybody else heard, uh, a possible matchup with Memphis if it were the Independence Bowl, December
3: twenty third, by the way, so before okay. Christmas,
1: at a Mac team if it were in Mobile. Yeah, that's right.
3: And I I have to wonder too, and next
2: time. We get to talk to athletic director Jeremy McLean. I would be interested to pick his brain about, you know, if if athletic directors get a say or if they get any feedback. For example, the reason I ask that question is, is if you if you have any say as an athletic director, you sure as heck I would think not want to go to New Mexico or Boca Raton when you could potentially go to New Orleans or Mobile or Mo- Montgomery or Hawaii.
3: Yeah, and and you've got you've got seven bowl eligible teams now with Georgia Southern one. Appalachian State got to six, but two of those wins were against FCS schools, so they don't count. So, Coastal, Georgia Southern, uh, Lafayette, Marshall, Bob, South Alabama, uh, Southern Miss, and Troy. I said South Alabama rather than South Al, what I usually call them on this program. But those are the seven teams that are bowl eligible. Um, All seven get a bowl? I mean, you got six tie-ins, but because Army probably won't be bowl eligible, the Independence Bowl comes open, and that's why there's so much talk with, with that.
1: All right, basketball continues to roll on, and they've got a good game coming up uh, tomorrow night. We'll talk about the game yesterday, what's ahead, and then Lee Roberts will join us later in the show.
0: Southern miss to the
1: top all right welcome back everybody this segment sponsored by our good friends at campus Bookmart at campusbookmark.net great place for lunch five days a week i'm sure you're a little tired of thanksgiving food by now it'd be a great uh, opportunity to go get some what uh,
2: not at campus Bookmart, though
1: oh i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry at fourth street bar Group. yeah uh, great place to go get a lunch right after uh, thanksgiving uh, are you still eating uh, leftovers kelly
2: uh yeah actually turkey this and turkey that yeah you know. well, i
3: mean he doesn't invite anybody to his house so this is the only right. person that has and when he house. does
1: no one comes so that's
3: uh <laughs> hey uh, oh, by the way on that my mother over the weekend made pecan pie layer cake Oh really? Bra- brown sugar spice cake mm. brown sugar butter icing with pecan pie filling right in the middle of it i've never the, had
2: it before. all the calories have been removed no doubt. It was
3: Thanksgiving. They don't count.
1: <laughs> okay. We had kind of like two sort of desserts, strawberry cake, which is delicious. My wife's a really good cook. And then her sweet potato casserole with brown sugar and pecans all over the top of it. Man. Oh, yeah, man. go on. Oh, go on. It was, <laughs> it was unbelievable. But you get a great lunch at the 4th Street Bar and Grill. They uh, serve it up Monday through Friday. Also, I want to remind you, the Super Talk Eagle Hour podcast is on Apple, Audible, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn. Or you could tell Alexa to play the Super Talk Eagle Hour. A year into this, have you had any luck getting Alexa to respond to you?
2: No, no, none. None. What's I've even tried different languages. I've tried Spanish, Mandarin, Chinese. Doesn't matter.
1: She's just not going. She's, to, she's not talk pretty, to me. Pretty symbolic, though. Of pretty, pretty your social of all. You can emails. order
3: you a new one today yeah. on Cyber Monday. I didn't know if you've tried that. Yeah. Oh well, that would require me getting on the internet, though, right? Uh, no. Yeah, that ain't happening. <laughs>
1: All right, historic start for Southern Miss basketball, 103-52 yesterday over Mobile. The Golden Eagles 7-0 and for only the fourth time in program history and the first time since 2006-2007, 7-0. and 23 points ahead at halftime. They forced 11 turnovers in the first 20 minutes, held Mobile to 29.2% shooting from the floor, while shooting 59.4%, Southern Miss defense continued in the second half, limiting the Rams to 18 total points over the final 20 minutes of the game. And I realize this was a a weaker opponent, obviously, but uh, this basketball team, dude, is off to a roaring start.
2: And, and I know what people are saying. Oh, well, who, who have they played? You know, those negative Nellies. You know, who have they played? They played about the same teams they played last year, and we didn't win a lot of these games not only are they winning these games two statistics to me jump out and luke you'd be proud of me because you're our stat guy all right the eagles opponents are turning the ball over twice as many times as southern misses and if i'm not mistaken against mobile they only turned it over eight times Eight times the whole game, and if you see these guys on fast break, the way that they pass, it's like they've got glue on their hands. The way that they handle the basketball, their passing is so precision-like. They're fun to watch. They don't turn it over. That's the first statistic it, is turnovers. It, Rebounding too, they're beating people almost two to one.
3: Let me let me correct you. Good job on the stats. We had forced three as many. Mobile should have had twenty-four. But okay. to, but to your point, to me rebounding, obviously shooting, but the key statistic has been in every single one of these box scores where, where Southern Miss uh, will dominate, particularly like yesterday again. But, I mean, even the, the Liberty game, they've been keeping the turnovers in single digits. And, yep. I mean, it's hard, it's hard to lose when, when yep. you're doing here that. A
1: few, here are a few things, guys. Uh, the, the, it was the largest margin of victory under head coach Jay Lander, 103-52. The Golden Eagles have already matched their win total from last year with seven wins. They hit a season-high nine three-point shots, nine of 23 from the three-point range. And, uh, you know, it doesn't really matter who you're playing. If, if you're playing that well, uh, you're going to win a lot of games. And,
2: and people worried about how well the Eagles were going to be able to shoot the ball. The last two games, they're warming up,
3: you know, as, as they're getting deeper into the season. Crowley, 10 of 16. Hase, 8 of 10. If Hase goes 8 of 10 – if he shoots eighty percent on like an or if he shoots seventy percent on an average night, you're going to be in the ball game. What that what teams are having to find out is is that now you, Pinkney is is your big at six eight and he plays a little bigger than that, but but Hase can shoot the ball anywhere on the court and you put that off. Now you got a true shooting guard. Curly may be the best shooting guard that we've had, you know, maybe since since Neil Watson. And, and I know re- he's a point, but I'm just saying from the outside. And
2: remember, Nif has been out right? With, yep. his, with his sore Alvarez ankle. Alvarez, right. Yeah, Alvarez. So he, he's going to be back in, you know, you would think. And when you look at the schedule coming up, you got a Tuesday night game with the Grizzlies tomorrow night uh, against Montana. You know, you've got home and homes with Lamar. Both of those should be winnable. You go to Natchitoches to play Northwestern State. Um, so... It's conceivable that even if if the Eagles were to stub their toes, they could have 13, you know, 12 wins maybe before they even
3: get into Sun Belt play. That is remarkable. Tomorrow is a big one. And I would say at Lamar is a big one. So, yeah, you could get to 8, 9, 10, 11. If you win the McNeese game, you could be 12-0 and 0 going on the road at Las Vegas, which is feasible. I mean, I think you're 10-2 you're, you're and two just looking at it. I mean, and, you could be 11-1 and one easy.
2: And, you know, what's interesting is UNLV is undefeated at this point. So, you got – those two teams are headed for a collision course, although they've got plenty of real estate to cover in between those games.
1: Speaking of Lamar, the women beat Lamar this weekend, 56-48. That was the second win they had over the weekend. They won – the uh, Lady Eagle uh, annual Thanksgiving tournament. So, uh, Joy Lee beginning to get some of her players back. Luke and uh, they're playing better. And I uh, had a good weekend. Obviously, yeah. When
3: you're missing key players, I mean, it obviously shakes up the the chemistry. But it you know it gives gives other ladies the opportunity you know to to make a difference. And so it's like you, any chemistry you had, you you lost and so you have to re it again. And so now they've – they're on three-game win streak as they, uh, they defeated Nichols and then they defeated Lamar. one by eight yesterday and you, you look at, you know, the, the score, um, the line score. It was good to see someone other than Dom Davis be the leading scorer. She had 13. Bracey had 16. That's what's got to be from this uh, – from what, what you take away. Grayson – Guys, 15 points, eight rebounds. So good to see her back. She she did not start but played 24 minutes. Um, but I, I like that. You've got to find if in a situation where somebody shuts down Dom Davis like what happened against Ole Miss in the first half, you got to have points elsewhere. And
1: getting Malia Grayson back big. Big, big time. She scores 15 points, eight rebounds, one assist and two steals and a block all off the bench. So that's pretty good stuff. And
2: on the guys' side of the ledger again, you know, I was talking to a lot of the players prior to the season and they're saying, "Wait till you see Felipe Jase, Wait wait till you see this guy play." And some of them, you know, had the audacity to compare him to Weatherspoon, totally different styles, yeah. but as far as skill sets go and how as big as he is can can shoot the fadeaway 3. You know i mean it's it's amazing a guy that big can do what he's doing, and,
3: and what it allows is you you still you can put him on the perimeter and you still have rebounding with Pinkney so it's not like you got a big that can shoot and you either got to, you know either on, on possession either allow him to rebound or allow him to shoot threes It's not like that because Pinkney and especially when Harris could be in the game and you got those three in the game. Then I mean, just let let Hasse and Crowley shoot whatever they want to because you can still get boards underneath. But that's 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 the difference. It's it's as if there's there is a there's a diversity of personnel in one offensive possession. And I guess we haven't been blessed with that at Southern Miss. For, I know that's fundamental basketball. We just had really hadn't seen that the last
1: few years. Right. I want to go back. Uh, just we got a couple minutes left in this segment. Go back to football for a minute because I want to get your guys' take on this. The Jay Madison. James Madison-Coastal game. The James Madison, if you look at the standings, they finished second. Eight and three, six and two in the East, and obviously they're not going to play in the bowl again. But really, under different circumstances, the Eastern Division champion is James Madison. If they had been eligible, they would have won the East, and they absolutely embarrassed Coastal Carolina. What do you make of that?
2: I I think the fact that that the players and coaches know what's up. They know they won the division. All right? They they don't get into these, these spitfire matches on social media with fan bases. All right? Competitors always know what the score is, literally and figuratively. It's going to be the fans that are going to say, oh, no, because you can't play, we won. Who cares? Right? I mean, again, the players know what the score is, and the Dukes wow. are the champions of that division. I
3: mean, and it's their last game of the year. It's at home. So you gotta just think about how amped up they were for it. I mean, for them it's a it's a division championship. To them it's playing the the best team with Troy in the conference. It was a division championship, a conference championship, and a bowl game all encapsulated and they knocked it out of the park.
1: And how did the three uh conference USA transfers finish the year? Marshall came out best, eight and four, four and three in the Sun Belt, Southern Miss second, six and six, four and four, finish in the middle of the pack in the West and Old Dominion, I think, pretty disappointing three and nine, two and six. But Marshall, clearly, the the, the best year of the three that plus, came. Plus, out. they had one
3: one small win at the beginning of the season in. South Bend against Notre Dame. That was yeah. That was that was a pretty big win.
2: And in other news, around the Sun Belt, it's Cyber Monday for Christmas shoppers, but it's Black Monday for head football coaches on the college level. Texas State from Sun Belt has already announced that Jake Spavitol will not return. Uh, he had his four year stint come to an end after a disappointing loss this weekend. The Bobcats just were not competitive this year. And I have to ask you guys, how? I mean, he's Butch Jones, and he's a marquee guy, and he's only in his what second or third year. But how safe is he is? at Arkansas State. He had,
3: the best, he had one of the best recruiting classes in the Sun Belt last year, so I think he he bought himself a little time. More to talk about this later in, in the show in, in this week, but talk Willie Fritz might be leaving Tulane, and I guarantee you there will be Sun Belt coaches on the list if Tulane comes open. Lee Roberts next.
1: Stay with us.
0: To the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top.
1: All right. This segment, we are going to thank Campus Bookmart. Mart. Uh, and that's not where you eat lunch, but it is where you get great Southern Miss apparel. And what better time to be visiting right now because we know Christmas shopping is now officially underway. And I can assure you that uh, Kathleen and her crew have a full array of Southern Miss apparel for the Eagle on your list. And while you're out shopping, Swing by Mobe Beignet, get some hot, delicious beignets. I wouldn't suggest you eat six like Luke did in three minutes, but you could enjoy a couple. And it was uh, actually, I think it was like 248. By, yeah, I think We to be exact it was on the Eagle Pretty hour. amazing. It was pretty amazing. Uh, and uh, a great coffee, mobe Beignet, right across the street from the Southern Miss campus. Lee Roberts joins us uh, every Monday. And, Lee, it's hard to believe that the the regular season has ended, but it did end on a... On a positive note, uh, the Golden Eagles go six and six on the year. So I want you to just kind of look back and and reflect on the year and uh, tell me uh, were there any surprises uh, for you uh, now that it's all said and done?
4: You know, I mean, yeah, I really thought year two would be somewhat different. You know, I mean, I felt like we could go two and two, and uh, you know, in in the non conference games, I felt like. We could have played a little better in the conference games, but again, I mean, we go through three starting quarterbacks. It's just kind of the same same deal like we uh, had last year. But I feel like the momentum that we have right now with Trey Lowe at quarterback. I mean, he's just he's doing a great job managing the game and playing the position the way it's supposed to be played and protecting the football. Um, you know, that's kind of my biggest surprise. I think is you know that we I felt like we could have been a little further along, but again, have you know hampered by. Injuries at the quarterback position so no no one to blame but you know you could see you could see the progress of the team however you know from game one to game 12 just just get better and then obviously defensively I felt like you know they, they kept us in every game um, all year long outside really the Georgia State game that's just kind of one of those ones that kind of jumped up and bit us but I, I felt like all the other games we, we were in um, six and six on the year very close to Winning a couple more, you, you're not. But so next year, obviously, what you want to do is win those games. You know that you lost by three points or you lost by seven, and uh, and, and do like those great teams do and right. win those. And right. but but I felt like it was a great year. And yeah, we we finished on a positive. So that's that's very very good.
1: Right, before the guys jump in here, I got a, another quick question. I heard you ask Hoppus after the game about returning another year of eligibility. But I know that young man's married. His wife lives up uh, in his home state, and it. It may very well be that he wants to get back to her and you know enjoy his life with her. Is he coming back? Do you think? And do you do you think this will be the last regular season game we see Trey Lowe play? You
4: know, but whoops! And I, and I really,
1: I I'll let you're breaking up on us a little bit. Maybe you can uh, adju- adjust the position I, of your phone or something.
4: So I went through senior recognition because he was kind of on the fence. Um, I truly feel like he, he will come back. Now, I mean, this is Hobbes.
1: You were breaking up. So is this Hobbes you're talking about?
4: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Talking about uh-huh. Uh-huh. Avery Hobbes. Uh-huh. You know, obviously being separated from your wife, being in dental school, that's not an easy thing. But we know dental school is tough and obviously she's going to be studying and all kind of things, but I'm not going to put words in his mouth. I mean, I mentioned it to him on air. I told him not to answer the question, but obviously the coaching staff would love to have him back. He would be coming back to a, a very experienced defense and a team that has a chance to do some really, really good things next year. Now, as far as Trey Lowe, I, I'm not really sure. I mean, I think the guy's about to graduate with his doctorate, which is unbelievable. I mean, that's just amazing um at the start of the year i'd say yeah this was his last year but now that he's came in and he's played in four really good games late in the year had three starts he's played well he's managed the game he 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 may have to sit back and think about what his future is but he may be a bright young man too and know that it's uh it's time to end but i'd I'd love to see him come back to and compete
3: this is what's hard about it and this is the the tough part about it all but we have to have this conversation um there comes a point where, if if Lowe comes back, then you probably don't get a transfer. If you have a transfer, or Lowe comes back, you're probably going to lose Wilkie or Keys. That's just that's just a fact of of the matter, Lee. I mean, it's kind of hard to to look at that. But now the transfer portal is affecting Group of Five teams like this, and so I guess you know the conversation to be had is. You respect all three of those guys, and of course we we said either way you need to bring in a transfer quarterback. But it, that's the pressure about how does you know Will Hall manage uh, a volatile quarterback room, volatile in the sense that it's been disrupted for two years in a row by injury. But I mean, you're still going to go into spring if Lowe comes back with a with a starter that you would assume. But you understand what I'm saying? There's just so many, so many things that could happen in that position. Again, going into year three with Will Hall.
4: No, I, I totally agree with you. And if obviously the transfer portal was not a thing or as big a thing as it is, then you know I feel like Trey would come back. You know, but again, if you're a transfer guy wanting to come to Southern Mississippi, you want to come here to to compete. You're not really worried about who's on the roster, hopefully. But yeah, I mean that's a, that's that's decisions to be made and. You know, we'll 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 know more later. Hopefully, the end of uh, December, early part of January, as far as you know, portal goes. But it's a uh, it's a tough animal, man. I tell you, you gotta you gotta give it to these coaches having to manage their rosters the way they do these days, because the portal is. Is very interesting.
2: And now, Lee, now that Saturday's game is in the books, because I, I, I said this, you know, on the air and, and really t- in other discussions, that had the game not turned down like it did on Saturday, I thought it would have been absolutely disastrous. You know, going into the off season with a team that you probably should have beaten, you lost bowl eligibility. There were so many. It didn't happen. That's good. So, from a morale standpoint, what does the flip side, the fact that they won this game, what does this mean? For the program going forward and becoming bowl eligible,
4: you know it—it it, it means everything. You can see the guys on the sideline. I don't know if you saw the the clip on Twitter or on social media. Uh, I mean, literally the guys bowling a helmet, knocking over their teammates. And These guys are excited about the opportunity to get to go bowling. It's—it's uh, it, it's what every college athlete wants to do, and it's about the experience. It's about the extra time with your teammates. You know, without having to worry about the academic side and. You know, the, the, I can remember the two bowls that I went to and, and just two of the greatest trips of my life and uh, just a, a lot of fun. But but it's really good for the program. It's, re, it's good for recruiting. I mentioned the extra practices. You get a chance to get some of these young guys, a little extra reps. Um, not sure if the if the bowl game will count as far as that extra game or not. I know it's a four-game rule, but uh, maybe some of these guys that didn't did play in four games had the chance to play in a bowl game. So I feel like it means everything to the university.
1: Anything uh, surprise you that you saw Saturday? I mean, was, was that about like you thought that game would go? I know the weather played a big uh, role and in the, in the conditions were pretty bad, but uh, anything about the Golden Eagles that surprised you Saturday, Lee?
4: No, I mean, I really felt like we could go run the football just like we did. I mean, we were very, very effective. I mean, we know what Frank Gore can do. He's He's talented. You know, came up just one yard shy of 200 yards, which is you know an amazing feat to even mention 200 yards in a game. But what I was more shocked at is that how fast we started and how slow we went after that. And and again, it wasn't anything that that just it just kind of happened. I mean, uh, I think ULM made some adjustments. We just we just didn't make any plays really happen until that fourth quarter. But again, I felt like defensively we we kept them in the game. Uh, obviously, special teams continues to play a, a huge part as well. I mean, a big block punt helps, and you know, just just all that goes into play. Um, but I really loved the way we started when we jumped up ten to nothing. I kind of said to myself, "Man, this is our opportunity to keep rolling." And um, things just kind of it kind of sputtered there for quarters two and three before we were able to pick up speed back in the fourth.
3: Lee, talk about Frank Gore, two hundred yards <clears throat> on um, in the game. And he is now <clears throat> over 1,000 net for the year 1,053. Just kind of hard to put in perspective some of those big plays he made. And, you know, you heard him after the game, you know, wanting to solidify, you know, some of his place in, in Southern Miss history among running backs. I mean, and, and we saw it. But just his performance, he you know, especially in the second half, just kind of took over.
4: You know, I'll say this about Frank. I mean, everything that we know about him on the field. I mean, he's, he's shown – what the great person he is, what the great teammate he is, just playing a special role. One is really the leader of the offense. Two, you know, being able to play super back and so many different things, called on a, a different role in every game it seems like. And, you know, for a guy to be that close to 200 yards, and I'm sure in the back of his mind he, he somewhat knew that he had a big day, but he wasn't over asking Coach late in the game to give him extra touches. You know, and I and I think Coach Hall knew if he knew he was close to 200, I felt like he'd have given him uh, that opportunity. But it just goes to show you what kind of guy he is. He's a team player, and I think the guys look up to him. He's just such a just a great guy to be around. I mean, his, his smile is contagious, and uh, man, he'll go down as one of the best at, at the running back position.
1: All right, Lee Roberts, I hope you know how much we appreciate your input all year on the show, and uh, we're going to be talking to you between now and bowl season, and again, thank you so much, man, for all you do for the Eagle
4: Hour. Hey, appreciate you guys. I enjoy it. Look forward to it every week, so look forward to catching up soon again.
1: All right, Lee Roberts, everybody, color analyst for Golden Eagle Radio Network, great Southern Miss quarterback, as you already know. We'll be back, wrap up uh, this edition of the show. Maybe get the Super Interns eyewitness account. Of the crowd noise there Saturday afternoon, (laughs) deafening. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, he uh, he braved the elements on behalf of the Eagle Hour. We'll be back.
0: Southern Miss, to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour.
3: Final segment on this Monday brought to you by D Bat and D1 Training on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Christmas coming up, pro shop. Lessons, instruction, memberships, all that is available at DBAT and D1 Training. DBATHattiesburg.com. Well, Southern Miss volleyball after an 18-11 First season for Jenny Hazelwood's squad. They are headed to the National Volleyball Invitational, not tournament, championship. And uh, they are headed to take on Alabama State this coming Thursday, December the 1st, 3 p.m., the, uh, the, get, the matches in Troy, so at Troy against Alabama State, they are matched up. And I, I think the way these are, it looks like there will be four teams in Troy, Southern Miss and Alabama State paired against Troy and UT Martin. So it looks like uh, I think this is a 32-team bracket maybe. Looks like maybe a 64-team bracket. And this is this is very
2: similar to, like, the NIT in basketball. If you're familiar with how basketball works, the NCAA tournament, of which there's also a volleyball tournament yep. for the NCAA. Well, this is like the NIT for volleyball,
3: and the Lady Eagles are in. Good. 32 teams is what it is. So if, if they were to win on Thursday, they would play again on Friday, and they're matched up against Troy, uh, Tennessee Martin, but they'll take on Alabama State again Thursday at 3 p.m. Boy, is, is Troy getting to be kind of – an, a real stale taste. You know, it seems
2: like it's Troy everything now. Troy in the football championship. Do we, do we know Troy in the volleyball championship? Do you know. we
3: know if Grayson McCall is going to be back for the Sun Belt Championship game? Do we? Do we know that? I don't. I don't know. That, that's interesting because even I want to see Coastal at their best, though. Go against Troy's defense. Troy's defense for real. But I think both
2: those teams obviously earned earned their ways there for sure. But you know, I I wanted to. We went into commercial break before I wanted to say what I wanted to say about Frank Gore, Frank Gore Jr. This is a kid, it cannot be easy to have a name like Frank Gore Jr. when your dad is is third on the all-time rushing list of the National Football League and you're named exactly after him, Frank Gore Jr. But he has handled himself with such distinction, such grace, he never has a negative thing to say. It would be really, really easy to let that name go to your head. But he's just been great, has handled it as perfectly, I think.
3: And I think the six wins this year, the eight or nine possible wins, and we'll see what they do in year three with Will Hall and Frank's senior year. If we win eight or nine games next year, he not only what he did on the football field, but guys, remember in 2020 when we had three head coaches in a matter of five or six weeks, it was Frank Gore Jr. that stood up and said, I'm not going anywhere. You guys don't need to go anywhere. And he's one of the key components that held this roster together and allowed new faces. I mean, what's what's fun to follow him on social media is, especially around in December and in February, he's one of the biggest recruiters for Southern Miss because he'll go on there on, on Twitter specifically and start just pumping us. One of many different examples.
1: Right. Uh, let's talk just a minute about the, the league and how it ended up. You know, at the start of the year, all the talk was about the east, the east, the east, all the powers in the east. But, you know, guys, as it settled out, it, it appears to me that the two best teams maybe in the league were in the west, and that's Troy and South Alabama, both schools 10-2 and two on the year. And, uh, you know, nobody's really talking about that. It was all about Appalachian State and Coastal Carolina. App State goes 6-6. Six and six. Coastal Carolina gets it handed to them by James Madison to end the year. I, I would contend that the two best teams in the league at the end of the year were Troy and South Alabama.
3: And you just think about what if South Alabama doesn't run a fake field goal in the Rose Bowl? They beat UCLA they're eleven and one, and they're eleven and one. Yeah. No, you guys are much better men than I am. They're still South Al. <laughs> no, it's just because I'll get that glare from Bob, you know. But it's amazing to me how. We don't correct each other when we say Lafayette or ULL, but They're and it nasty. may be just we're we're, we're saluting people. our own in Kewanee. Yeah. Now, now one of one of our own was actually at the game.
2: Yeah, Saturday, let's hear. It, huh? Let's hear.
1: It. Super intern Nathan Lee was there representing us uh, in the in Monroe. Uh, yeah. Nasty weather. Yeah, it was. Atmosphere after the game.
0: You know, it was it was it's good to see. You know, the like like everyone said, it was, it was all over social media. Southern Miss fans and the players mainly were just happy. You know, they've been fighting this for the last four weeks, trying to get to this ball game, and you know, finally getting there, you could see those emotions are pouring out of them. But you know, it sucks that they didn't have a crowd there to kind of you know pump them up a little bit. It
1: more. was terrible the crowd that showed yeah. up for. It, th- this is not that. on Southern Miss. This is on Monroe. Yeah. They got kids that have played there four and five years, and yeah. nobody came. To no, 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 it was one of the worst, probably the worst football, college football uh, crowd, you know, uh, experience. So really no environment. Really no was.
0: environment. It was so sad to watch. But, you know, Southern Miss, those players still found a way to get excited.
2: But I think it was cool, yeah. Nathan, how Will Hall kind of dropped by. And, and look, look, let's just be honest. There's a guy that is really breathing a sigh of relief today. <laughs> That that, team, that his team won on he was Saturday. He a little bit
0: happier on Saturday than he's been the past
1: couple of yeah, weeks Yeah, he's, he's had had a been little, getting a little chippy, has he? Yeah, yeah, yeah a little bit. He, he was bit. feeling the pressure. I don't know yeah, so we,
3: we should note, because I'm never with you guys in person, Nathan has on, doesn't have on LSU gear today after their loss to no, Texas. No, Nathan, Nathan, Nathan's he is always repping Miss. gold. He's Eagles, always
1: sporting baby. the uh, Southern Miss uh-huh. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Nathan, you did a good job helping us with football this fall. Oh, yeah, we really fun. appreciate you. Man. I loved every minute of it. I really yeah. appreciate you. He's y'all. still got some more time with us. So,
2: so when do Bob or Luke or I get to be on the, the fourth street show I don't
1: know. gonna pull some strings, y'all. Yeah, Be careful about I'd be putting – carefully, Santa, or anything live <laughs> that I was responsible for, Nathan. <laughs> especially school stuff. Yeah, especially school <laughs> stuff. All right, that wraps it up. Uh, we'll have Heath Hinton join us tomorrow working on some guests for you all week. Luke, good to have you in the studio here. Until next time, everybody, Southern Miss! To the top! the Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping
4: into the field